grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Do you believe? And if you believe, then what do you believe or in whom do you believe? Do you, do you believe? Because the power and the focus of John's gospel that we've been reading through the previous weeks is building the case that you would believe. Do you, do you believe? Do you believe in Jesus? Do you believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, then have life in His name? Because that's the case that John's making here in the, in the gospel. In John chapter 3, he's making the case to a, a gentleman who thought he had it all together. Someone had his life all put together beautifully. He listens to Jesus speak, and he's freaking out. And Jesus said those words to him that a kindergartner knows. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Do you believe? And if you don't believe that, how about this one? Do you believe Jesus sitting in a well with a woman? And she comes to him, he comes to her and asks for something to drink and, and all of a sudden he's tugging on her heart. She says, who are you? And he says, I am the Christ, the Son of God. And John records that the whole city of Sychar then believed in Jesus. They all came out to the well. They all came to hang out. And they all went believing in Jesus. Believing that Jesus was the Christ. Or maybe John chapter 9. A man is healed. He's blind from birth. Jesus doing exactly what the prophet said, making the case that he was the Christ. He calls out the spiritual leaders as blind. He finds the man he'd healed. Jesus looks him in the now seeing eyes. Jesus tells him exactly who Jesus is. And he said, do you believe it? And the guy said, are you kidding me? This morning I was blind. This morning, this afternoon I can see. And of course I believe. Do you believe? What do you believe? Do you believe in Jesus? Because if you do, then there's life in the name of Jesus. Without that, there's not life. But by believing in Jesus, there is life. What do you believe? Our lives are so busy and so distant, and there's so much going on, that unless we consciously bring ourselves into a place like this, we don't think about that stuff. We don't think about what we believe or maybe even who we are because we've got, got accustomed to doing and doing and doing and doing. So think for a moment. Meditate for a moment. What do you believe? Believe in the power of the individual? Believe in the power of self-determination? Believe that I can take on the world all by myself? Do you believe in the sovereignty of human will and human choice? That as long as I can make a decision, I can be independent, I can guide my life, I can have it all kind of laid out for me, it's all good, I'm in charge. Or maybe the Orange County thing. Do you believe that buying more stuff and accumulating more things makes your life better and makes you a better person? On the other side of that, do you believe that you can never get away from the brokenness of your past. 
that somehow there's a shadow behind you that's a couple steps behind, but eventually it's going to overtake you. What do you believe? And in what do you put your faith? If you wonder where to look, there's two things that you could analyze in your own life that are sound, strong indicators of what you believe. They're the currency of Southern California, and even more, the currency of Orange County, and their time and money. I used to say to people, if you bring me your calendar and lay it on my desk, I'd be happy to tell you where your faith lies. Now I would say, show me your smartphone, show me your calendar. How many times does your smartphone beep during the day? How many, how many events, how many appointments, how many things do you have going on? Where do you invest your time? If you look back at your calendar, if you look back at what you've done and, and where you've invested the days and the hours, there's some very fine, significant uses of your time. Family, spouse, loved ones, work, recreation, maybe even watching a little hoops and taking some action on the Sweet 16 this weekend, working its way to the Final Four next weekend. Maybe as we press towards Easter, it's a good time to assess and analyze where we invest the currency of our time. Second investment is of our resources. For some, we don't even consider where our resources go, where our money goes until we run out. And then we look at one another and say, wait a minute, I thought you had it. And then now, because of the access to information, we go, oh man, I forgot about that dinner at that place with that thing where I picked up the check for those people and it cost me a lot of money. Well, looks like we're going to have to scrimp for a couple days. If we inventory where we spend, we find out exactly what's most important to us. We find out what we believe and in what we believe. And we invest our time and our money in the things we deem the most important. And that reinforces what we believe. It's kind of how it, how it works. Our text this morning from John chapter 11 moves us along a path of, of what we believe. John has been making his case slowly and surely. And now there's a bigger piece, a, a penultimate piece. There's one more step, one more piece of the evidence. There's the guy at night that Jesus talked to. There's the lady at the well. There's the man born blind. And all those things were pretty cool. And, and the disciples are believing and the crowd was believing. Uh, but, but this was the, the big one. One more thing to believe that's resting on the shoulders of Jesus of Nazareth. And Jesus wants to push all of those people in Bethany that day over the edge from unbelief to believe. One more shove to believe. So Jesus gets word that his friend Lazarus is sick. And Jesus does what every bad pastor does. He waits a couple days to call a person back. I've never been reamed out so hard as when they said, you know what, Pastor, if you'd have called three days ago, it would have made a difference. But now we're joining another church. I said, well, if Jesus could wait two days, I can wait 10 minutes before I call you. So Jesus is on his way up to Bethany. And the funeral's already started. Martha, the sister of Lazarus, the sister of Mary, goes out and tells Jesus those words that nobody wants to hear. If you'd have been here, everything would be copacetic, but now I guess we'll just have to see how it goes. 
Jesus points her then to something bigger, something more, 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 more lasting. Jesus tells the disciples to roll the stone away from the tomb. Lazarus had already been in there four days. And what does the old King James stay? He's been there in there four days. He's stinking. It was the appropriate time to know that Lazarus was absolutely dead. And so Jesus takes a voice and says, Lazarus, come out. And I wonder how that was. I wonder, wonder whether it started his fingertips, started his toes. Did his heart start beating? Was it like a defib? Was it a pop? And all of a sudden, Lazarus, <gasps> and he puts the legs down, the feet down, and he walks out the front, and Jesus points to the disciples who were probably freaking out, and he says, just unwrap and get the grave clothes off him. <gasps> what are you doing? Do you believe? Yeah. He, he was dead four days and in the tomb, he was already stinking. But here he is, animated, perspiring, respiring, inspiring. And people start nodding their heads, yes, holy smokes. We didn't believe on the other ones, but this one's real, Jesus. And the scripture records that the Jews in Bethany believe. Not only do they believe, but they're ready for a parade. And the parade we'll get to next week and into a moment. What do you believe? Do you believe? Do you believe that what we're teaching your kids in kindergarten is going to last with them forever? I do. And I do because of this exchange between Martha and Jesus. Martha says, Lord, if you'd have been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will grant you. Jesus replied, your brother will come back to life again. Martha said, I know he will come back to life again at the resurrection of the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though he dies. And the one who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who comes into the world. Jesus hadn't done a thing yet except show up. And he has this conversation. And then after the conversation and her declaration of faith, do you believe? Yes, Lord. Then he pushes forward, gets the stone out of the way, tells Lazarus to come out, and all of the pieces that follow. Martha believed. Mary believed. You know who probably believed more than anyone else? Lazarus. He was dead and now he was alive. I wonder what Martha and Mary had to say to Jesus after this event. The city of Bethany believed, John writes. And having seen this event in faith this morning, we believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And by believing, have life in the name of Jesus. We believe that Jesus defeats sin and death. We believe that sin is removed at his cross. And Jesus was the payment, our payment, our ransom paid to God. And that God loves us and beholds us in grace. For God so loved the world that he gave his son. What a marvelous gift that is to believe. He gives us life. Life that we see here and now and life that lasts forever. Do you believe this? Do you believe that you're something more than a prodigious accumulator of stuff? Or a bus service from children's event to children's event?
Do you believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God? I don't know about you, but I'm looking at a group of people. Our lives are good. Man, when the kids stand up and sing, right? Thousand, thousand. Wait till we do the creed and the Lord's Prayer. They know that too. How many of you guys are five? Five years old? How many six? That's what I'm talking about. How many are 15? Okay, good. Just checking. Because you've been in kindergarten a long time if you're 15, and I've got a problem with that. Our lives are good. We're comfortable. We have a lot of things. We have so many things that we need and so many, many of the things that we want. We have phones that put the news on the, uh, just boom, 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 and you have it. We can follow a basketball tournament for a whole month and find joy and happiness in that. Find a little bit of adventure and frustration as well. For me, I've got a family that I love dearly. I have a church and a ministry that feeds my soul. And sometimes it feels like life is just out here. But then life has a way of narrowing. It's got a way of filtering out that which isn't of value and leaving us in this narrow, narrow place. Something happens when someone is sick or you're sick. When someone dies and you grieve, life goes and it narrows. When someone has a job and then they don't have a job, life narrows. Standing in that narrow place is Jesus. Where all the things in the wide place are found to be empty and temporal, in the narrow place is Jesus for us. Jesus, the resurrection and the life. And he stands with us in those life and death moments like he did for Mary and Martha and Lazarus in Bethany. He stands as the one who defeats sin and death and brings life out of dead places. When we stand in that narrow place, we think we're alone and and we're not going to make it because we're just getting rocked. And Jesus said, no, 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 no. I'm here in the gap, in the narrow place. I am the resurrection and the life for you. And if you believe that, if you believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, then you have life in the name of Jesus. And you know what that means, and you know where you're going, and you know what that's all about. On Tuesday mornings, I've been leading a Bible study for the last month or so. It's been a joy. Pastor Greg Audi, who's here this morning, I believe I saw Pastor sneak in. And so grateful for your ministry, Pastor Audi. And the guys are clamoring for you to get back and wondering when I'll go back into retirement, which is, you know, fine with me. But Pastor Audi led these men in the study of God's Word. And, and, and this week, as we closed up, gentleman raised his hand. He's an Armenian Orthodox priest, I believe. And I smile, he's got a happy, pleasant face, right? He didn't raise his hand and go, raised his hand and said, Pastor Tim, Pastor Tim, there's a legend among Armenian Orthodox people that said that Lazarus led the parade on Palm Sunday to Jerusalem from Bethany. But Lazarus, the one who was dead and now is alive, gathered all the people gathered the palms and brought the people up from Bethany into Jerusalem. I thought that was interesting. Who better to lead the parade than the one who was dead and now is alive? He believed 
And in his belief, he led the parade to Jerusalem. Maybe, just maybe, that's true. But I do know that when you believe in Jesus, the transformation is so complete that you'll never be the same again. Do you believe? Would you lead the parade? And if you're close, you're saying, well, we send our kids to school here. That's cool. Isn't that enough? Yeah, yeah, no. Do you believe? Because Jesus has a couple more places to stop. One is at a place called Calvary, where he's going to make his case. And two weeks from today, we're going to celebrate his stop at an open tomb. And if you're close, maybe that powerful story of Jesus, that one more proof that Jesus is the Christ, will push you away from doubt and lead you to believe in him. In the name of Jesus, amen.